Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from our Old Testament. And Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Our Old Testament reading is Isaiah's amazing vision of the Lord, where he finds himself in the presence of God before all of his majesty. And Isaiah puts it into human language the best he can. It is impressive. God's presence is enormous. The very hem of God's robe fills the entire temple. It is loud. The heavenly creatures call to one another in the temple and by their own voices shake the temple to its foundation. And it is fragrant. The smoke from the altar of incense fills the room. Imagine what it would be like to be in the presence of God Himself, to interact with Him face to face. It would be amazing. It would be awe-inspiring. And it would be life-changing. I can't imagine that Isaiah could have walked away from that experience and not have his life completely changed from that moment forward. But what if I were to tell you that Isaiah's experience might not be as unique as we first may think? What if I were to tell you that each one of you has had this life-changing experience as well? And what if I were to tell you that we have, in fact, witnessed it this very morning? We have all had a wonderfully mysterious and powerful encounter with the holy triune God in our baptisms. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday, which is traditionally celebrated the week after Pentecost. It's when we contemplate and confess the holy and triune nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, but only one God. So simply stated, and yet so mysterious. Our limited human understanding can't really wrap our minds around an eternal and triune God. So I guess the idea today was to send the vicar into the pulpit just to clear things up. (laughs) No, thankfully my purpose today is not to explain the Trinity But God has given His church the grace for thousands of years to to faithfully confess the Trinity. And today we have the opportunity to see the importance of the Trinity in our lives, in our baptisms. How the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work through us and through our baptisms. And Isaiah's encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6 parallels our baptism and helps us understand it 
in four different ways. And so although I didn't uh, plan this, it is wonderful to have such a wonderful object lesson, a demonstration of God's power at work today, this morning, in the baptisms we witnessed. And we can also consider our own baptisms as well. First, we see that baptism is for sinners. Isaiah is before the very Holy Lord. The blinding radiance of God in all His majesty shone brightly. And it showed Isaiah's own imperfections and impurities in contrast. And Isaiah knows that holiness and sinfulness cannot coexist. When we come into the presence of God, our own sinfulness becomes evident. And we are made painfully aware of how we fall short of God. We have been sinful since the moment we were made alive. Now some of us don't like to think of it that way. Some of us may not think that we are as bad as the Bible makes us out to be. Poor and miserable sinner? Well, I don't think that exactly describes me. I'm not as bad as all that. Or when we see a baby, we may see, we may say, you see, we didn't start out so bad. We've just made a few mistakes along the way. My older brother, Lewis, who's a pastor in Minnesota, and his wife, Liz, they just had their first child, a little baby boy named Elias. And they've been sending us pictures, cute pictures, of course, and we all love to see those baby pictures. And, and what do we often say? We say, oh, he's so sweet, or he's so innocent. But that's not really true. Scripture tells us that through one man, Adam, sin entered the world, that we are sinful at birth, and we are naturally at war with God. There is an enmity between us and Him, that we are born dead in our trespasses. And so all of us, from the youngest to the oldest, are sinful people in the presence of a holy God, and all people are in need of baptism. Because we can't change ourselves. Those who were baptized this morning, and, and my nephew Elias, they can't change themselves. None of us can. Because all of us need something from outside of ourselves to change what is inherently inside of us. Because we are dead. Or as Isaiah says, we are lost. And when a sinner... And when a sinner enters the presence of a holy God, there is really only one thing that he should expect, and that is destruction. That's what Isaiah expected. And that's why God's response to Isaiah and God's response to us is so amazing, because he doesn't condemn us. He saves us. And that's the second point, that baptism saves us. In the moment of our complete despair, God brings help and healing. Think about what Isaiah must have thought when he heard those words. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. I can only imagine that he was astonished and relieved. And he felt gratitude. In your baptism, God spoke directly to you and said, Your guilt is taken away. 
your sin atoned for. As Peter says in his first epistle, baptism now saves you. God drew close to Isaiah to do for him what he could not do for himself. And in baptism, God draws close to us to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And in the ultimate act of drawing close to us, God the Father sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to dwell among us, to take on flesh and be one of us. And his death on the cross atoned for all sin. And his resurrection from the dead showed once and for all that he has power over death. This is the eternally true gospel. But have you ever stopped to think just how it is we get connected to that saving work of Jesus Christ? When was it that the saving work of Jesus Christ was connected to you? And the answer is in your baptism. Martin Luther wrote in a sermon, This blood, the same blood which Christ shed for us, with its merit and power, he has deposited in baptism so that we attain it there. Luther is saying that Jesus made a deposit into an account called baptism. And we can go and make withdrawals from that account as often as we want without any fear of it running out. Jesus speaks with Nicodemus in our Gospel reading about our second birth, our birth of water and the Spirit. Jesus says, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And at the time, Nicodemus didn't understand these things, but I do believe in time, Nicodemus came to see that Jesus was speaking about the saving waters of baptism. God, in His wisdom, decided to choose ordinary water, to team up with His Word, to work this extraordinary work, the work we saw in action this morning. And the fact that this work is external as well as internal is a wonderful thing. Because you can always point to the moment that that water touched your body as the moment that God extended His promise of grace and faith to you. Faith in Jesus did not originate within you, and that's a good thing, because it is not our work. It is God's work, and it is a gift given to us. And that means we can always trust in it. Even when we falter, we know that the promise of God does not falter, and we can return to it and find the grace and forgiveness that was there at the moment of our baptism still there for us anytime we need it. The third point is that our baptism sets us apart. It is a dividing line in our lives, and it makes everything that follows it radically different from everything that came before. As Isaiah was in the temple, he saw the seraphim, who make only one appearance in the Bible, here in Isaiah 6. And they are this strange and wonderful heavenly creature, six-winged, two wings to cover their face, two wings to cover their body, and two wings to fly. And they attend to God. And they have voices that are so loud, they shake the temple to its core. 
And they called to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. One holy for each member of the Trinity. The Father is holy, the Son is holy, and the Holy Spirit is holy. And the word holy means set apart. Now God, by His very nature, is holy and set apart. He is the only Creator. And everything else is creation. But the amazing thing is that God does not bottle up His holiness for Himself. Ever since creation, He has been seeking to make His people holy. Sharing His holiness with them to set them apart as well. He says to His people, the Israelites in Leviticus, You shall be holy, for I the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. And why were they holy? Because they were in a covenant with God, with the triune God. He shared His name with them and claimed them as His own. In your baptism, you were set apart. You were made holy. You had the holy name of the triune God shared with you. And you were entered into a covenant with God, not by the power of animal sacrifices, but by the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, shed on the cross for you. And you were brought in to covenant promise with Him. And, and our baptisms, like this morning, and the baptism of your own, started in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that holy triune name is placed upon us, and we carry it out into the world. And that brings us to our final point, that baptism sends and strengthens us. After Isaiah received the gift of forgiveness and atonement from the triune God, he is then sent by God. God says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Note the plural use of us, acknowledging even in the Old Testament that God by his nature is triune. Isaiah, without hesitation, responds to God, here I am, send me. Now, if you do any studying of an Old Testament prophet and their life expectancy or their quality of life, you realize that there is no earthly reason Isaiah should be volunteering for this job. But that's the power that God can work and the transformation that he brings. He sends and strengthens us. Pastor Brandt's sermon last week on Pentecost reminded us that the Holy Spirit works through us, and we don't always want to hear that. But God does not pass down unfunded mandates. The Holy Spirit always provides us exactly what we need to do His will in our lives which allows each of us in the unique areas that God has called us to work within to say to God, here I am. Send me. Send me to my family. Send me to my home. Send me to my children. Send me to my workplace. But what about when we sin? What about when we fall? Does this mean that we've lost everything, that our baptism's power did not work? 
And the answer is no, of course not. When we sin, our baptism doesn't stop working. Sin is the result of living in this time between now and the resurrection, the time when sin will finally be defeated. And until then, when we fail to do God's will, the power of baptism comes in all the stronger. Because of our baptism, we can be assured that when we fail, God does not fail us. Luther says in the large catechism, we always have access to baptism. Repentance, therefore, is nothing else than a return and approach to baptism. When we sin, we repent and turn to God. And the promise of forgiveness is there found waiting for us. And so here's the key to living in the light of our baptism, living a life in light of our baptism. That baptism is not a one-time event. Baptism is a daily event. We daily repent of our sin to the Father. We turn to Jesus who forgives us, and we trust in the Holy Spirit who strengthens us every day of our lives. We wear the garments of our baptism every day. It's what defines us. It's what saves us. And it's what comforts us every day. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yep, that is a mystery. But thanks be to God, to our triune God, that He has chosen to work through baptism and in our lives every single day. What a wonderful gift He gives. In His name, Amen.